So Sam, I, I'm currently, I'm currently right now. I'm thinking about food. I've got food on the mind right now. I'm, I'm really hungry. I haven't eaten in a while. We got to get through this podcast, and then I'm going to eat. But I need to share with you this. I, we hadn't talked about much about my my trip that I took to Arizona, and I, I didn't end up telling you. Didn't get a chance to tell you that I think I had the greatest burger I've ever had in my entire life in Arizona on the last day that we were we were there. And let me let me let me read you through these list of ingredients that we that that we went through here, right? So the burger it didn't even have a name; it was a specialty burger, right? Mm-hmm. And they should call it, it the Jason at this point. At this point, yeah, yeah. It was so it was served on an English muffin. So that was red flag number one for me because I really thought the English muffin was going to fall apart. It did not, which was amazing. But it was just a regular burger. It had cream cheese on it, which I'm not a super big fan of, but I'll have it in like sushi rolls. It had grilled peaches. Oh, what? And then uh, hot honey, like a like a hot honey. At a, it, was okay. at a, it was at a place called Diablo Burger, and I think there was bacon on it too. And... It was one of the strangest flavor profiles that has ever danced around my mouth, but it was indescribable how good it actually was. I, I was I was thrown a jar based on just my my expectations for that burger was that it was going to be weird and that was it. But man, it was unbelievable. And Bree had had it the previous day the the previous day i had a different burger there and we actually went back and i got that the burger that she got she was literally speechless after having it so i'm just i had it on the mind and it just prompted me to think like i'm thinking about food and that came to mind which brings me to do you off the top of your head can you think of it doesn't have to be a burger but can you think of a restaurant where you went and you ate something and you go this is like the best thing I've ever had or one of the best things I've ever had. Oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure there's nothing's really come to mind. Um, I think more so it sticks out when you get something that's pretty unsatisfactory. You go like, Oh man, that was just not it. And really that, that burger that you're describing sounds like it would not be it. I I want fruit, (laughs) especially heated fruit anywhere near my burger. Dude, I thought the same thing. I'm not, and same thing with salad for me. I don't Peaches. need, fr- I don't need fruit on my salad. Are you, are you like a raisins on your salad oh, kind of guy? No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. No. No, I don't. Um, oh, maybe like, eh, maybe like apple slices, like crisp apple slices on a salad. But other than that, I can't really think of. You can't yeah. think of mixing the fruit and the veggies. No, see, yeah, and my problem usually is is that you know my favorite dressing is ranch. I don't like to put a lot of ranch on my salads, but I'll have oh, a little no, bit. Just, and... No, just cover that thing. Just, just got to be like snowing, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, but that just doesn't. It just that doesn't mesh well with fruit. That's a complete clash that just doesn't need to happen. <laughs> so. Oh man, a lot of food on the brain today. I'm very. So, what hungry. are you gonna you're gonna fix yourself a sandwich during this podcast? I'm not gonna fix myself a sandwich, but I am staying at my parents' house right now because I'm finishing up my my last drill week of my entire life, and we're gonna have burgers tonight. 
Um, so I've got that online. We had ribs the other day. We had a couple of family members over, so that was nice. Been eating well down in Sacramento. Okay, so and this is no. Did did your mom prepare the ribs? Of course she did. So this is no shade to your mother, but I think ribs have to be the most overrated main entree meal this world has ever seen. Ribs, really? Yeah, that's, ribs. That's a hot take. I think so. That's a flaming take, actually. I again, the amount of meat <laughs> you get with the amount, the work that you're putting in. <laughs> Jen, Jenna just said pork chops are, but pork chops. I don't think I don't think people are like, oh my gosh, you have to go to this place for the pork chops. But ribs, ribs are like staples of. They're like a entire industry is built around ribs. Well, so when we were, when we, again, when we were in Arizona, we went to a barbecue place and I ordered, I ordered ribs and I was, I think we had, we had done something that day. We did either gone on a hike or I had worked out in the morning and we went on a hike. So I was like really, really hungry. And I had ordered a full rack of ribs because I knew that they, I was probably going to be sharing with people. Like I wasn't just going to be tackling on my own. It was kind of going to be a smorgasbord thing. When I ordered the ribs, as soon as I said full rack, there was a waiter who brought out – because I looked it up before I ordered it because I wanted to – You have to sign a waiver or something? Well, no, because I actually don't know how much a full rack of ribs is, and I figured that depending on where you go, the amount of ribs you would get would vary. So I actually looked it up, and it said anywhere from like 7 to 13. And I was like, I can handle 7 to 13 ribs right now. So I ordered it. And it was like right on cue. As soon as I ordered, a waiter walked out with a plate that had ribs. And it looked like a half rack. And I was like, that was like 10 ribs. How many ribs am I about to get? <laughs> and they bring out the plate. And I kid you not, it's like 20 ribs. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh my, <laughs> what have I done? Now, it was nice because they were only like like three bite ribs. And they were, the meat just sort of like fell off the bone. So they, you're right in terms of like, you don't get a ton of meat with ribs. It actually wasn't that much meat, but man, it was amazing. I, I, and it's I, just I completely so messy. disagree with like, you. Well, like you have to be surrounded by all of your closest, like all the people that are close to you in life, they got to be on, on the table around you when you're eating ribs because if it's anyone else you're making a complete fool out of yourself it's like you're eating like a child like you're eating like a toddler you you eat ribs i will say i will say that the sauce can be a problem but if you are at a place and this is might be a hot take for some rib enthusiasts but if you are at a rib place that you are fortunate enough to have a rack that the the meat kind of slides off you can grab a fork and kind of just slide it right off you can't eat it. ribs with a fork. No, you actually can if you're just, like you said, trying to avoid getting the sauce on your hands. That's the easy way around it. And I'm not saying I hate ribs. I just think they're overrated. I think pork chops are overrated. And I like pork chops, but they're probably near the bottom. But who, who honestly rates pork chops? If everyone's sitting there like, oh, pork chops are overrated, then they're pretty accurately rated. Roast beef is not that amazing either. I would say I got to throw roast beef in there. Pastrami is pretty good, but roast beef. Eh. Gosh, well, all this food talk, I'm getting hungry. And yeah, I'm, you're a little hungry now. huh? I'm getting, I'm getting a little hungry. And I'm getting hungry to talk about this, uh, this episode that we got, because we got two major things that we really need to discuss. One is something major, major shift in the NBA 
that recently just took place. I know the NBA season's over, but they like to be relevant all year long. Yep. And it's the beginning of the NFL season. It's, it's like right around the corner. Like I know we're in July, but the end of basketball season usually mean it means it's the beginning of the football season, even though it's a couple months away. <laughs> so we've got two major topics, the NFL or the NBA. Which one would you like to start with first? Can I say neither? Neither, sure. So I was driving around in downtown Seattle, and um, you may not know or may not have heard, but the MLB All-Star Game was held in Seattle, so all the All-Star ah, yes. festivities. Um, and downtown is an absolute madhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, driving by there, I was there whew, drove by probably a couple hours before the All-Star Game. Um, the festivities looked awesome. Everything about it uh, really put Seattle on the map, I think, <laughs> in a national light. Um, so I just thought that, that was cool. And that was interesting that, that that's such a major event was happening um, here in Seattle. I was kind of a part of it. Well, in the big new – well, you weren't a part of it. You drove by it. but No, the... no. I was, I, was pra- I was practically the main thing. True. I mean, everyone was there to see me, and they were disappointed that only Shohei Otani showed up. It was I was really going to say weird. it was like Shohei Otani, and then when they couldn't see him, they were like, "Oh, but at least we've got Sam. He's right here." Yeah. So yeah, and yeah. he's staying. Right. He's not. Exactly. Le- he's not leaving like the A's are leaving Oakland. So it's all right. Good. Or like Otani might be leaving out, uh, Anaheim, <laughs> which is something that you know. Right now, I know that people are making a big deal about whether or not he's going to leave or not. Nothing's happening at the moment. So until it actually breaks that he's going to go somewhere or not, I mean, everybody's just like, we want to know, we want to know. It's like, well, yeah, we all do, but, like, nothing's happening. So let's, like, let's cool it here a little bit. <laughs> yeah, and he might re-sign with Anaheim for 500 mil. Or maybe something that starts with a six or a seven <laughs> if they're trying to – to really keep him there, but we'll see. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, if if and when that happens, we will for sure talk about it. And actually, you know, we've been a closet tennis show for a while. Uh, we haven't talked about any tennis that's been going on recently. We'll have to get to that because there was a big tennis tournament that just happened as well. Uh, you may have heard of it. Um, well, it's currently happening. Well, I know, but, like, I, I think at this point um, – we're today is the 12th obviously it's still in the quarterfinals it's got let's see Wimbledon the final is going to be final is going to be on Sunday are you going to be watching the uh the finals on Sunday yeah I might tune in for the day off I I I truthfully for me I was talking to my dad the other day and we were talking about tennis and I said tennis is one of those sports that I never feel like I intentionally go out of my way to watch but when I notice that it's on, I always turn it on, and then I could never turn it off. Now, I don't know if you feel the same way, but for me, that's always sort of how I felt about about tennis. Yeah, you'll just be on, can't fall asleep, turn on the TV, and boom, the Australian Open's on. <laughs> it's, it's Nadal versus Djokovic. Boom, four hours passes by. I know. Still going on. Can't <laughs> turn it off. I know. It's, it's... like... It's oh. like I'm I'm kind of invested in this, but it's so late. <laughs> I know. I know. But yeah, Wimbledon's going to be on Sunday. Djokovic is playing in the semifinal. Um so, I mean, 
if he's in the final at Wimbledon, you know that's going to get a big national audience. So, all right, <clears throat> two big topics for the day: NFL, NBA. Which one you want? Let's go to the NFL. Let's do the NFL. All right. So Sam and I have put together a list of five bold predictions for the upcoming 2023 NFL season. Now, bold predictions are obviously the 50-50 takes, not stuff that we necessarily think is for certain, but stuff that we think very easily could happen if X, Y, and Z play out. So would you like to start or do you want me to start? Yeah, I'll start. And you might think this is kind of weak, but let me sort of explain this. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the Jets are going to be as good as advertised. I think they're going to win the AFC East and they're going to make the AFC championship game. And the reason I think this is a hot take is because they, yes, they're going to be on hard knocks this year. That's they so are good. probably the most anticipated team, most anticipated storyline heading into the NFL season. But really, I don't know if, anyone truly believes that they are better than the bills in that division or better than Miami who made the playoffs last year. But I think, so that's why it's, it's a hot to take them as the favorite within that division going above just the story and actually proving it out on the field. So I'm looking at the jets schedule right now and man are we going to get some massive quarterback matchups now that Aaron Rodgers is on the Jets so first of all we obviously get Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers twice a year yep but they also play the Chargers so we got Rodgers versus Herbie then you have the Jets Eagles so you got Hurts and Rodgers then the Jets play the Broncos and then the Jets play the Chiefs they also play the Cowboys and I mean, it's not necessarily a huge quarterback matchup, but they do play the Dolphins, nope. and the Dolphins are going to be outstanding. Um, it, you know, as long as Tua Tua is healthy. I mean, last year he was in the MVP conversation, so assuming he's healthy at that point, then maybe that ends up being a massive quarterback matchup as well. They also play the Raiders, but nobody cares about Jimmy Garoppolo. Huge so. quarterback matchup! Wow. <laughs> so, so. Look, they've got a tough schedule, but I mean, so does Buffalo, and so does everyone. Yeah, <laughs> well, except what for the... team? What team really doesn't have a QB? Well, at this point, oh, doesn't have a QB. I thought you, was, I thought you were going to set me up really well and say have a tough schedule, but um, um I could, I could, I could say that after. Right, let's, let, really, let, honestly, yeah. what team? Because everyone's getting high first round picks, and if we're saying the Buccaneers. CJ Stroud, uh, Baker Mayfield, the former number one overall pick. I understand that, but you're—I mean, <laughs> we're, if we're if we're setting the bar, I mean, if you're asking who doesn't have like a, a like a potential five-year starting quarterback, then I don't think Baker's going to be that guy. Yeah, I don't think so either. But honestly, it's probably like five teams mm-hmm. are looking for a quarterback, right? I still think the Raiders are looking for a quarterback, but that's a topic for another day. <laughs> nah, they found him. They found him on Tinder, baby. Right, 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 right. They, they swiped right. Well, you know, the, the quarterback that they gave up actually landed in New Orleans, which is where my take is going to start. And okay. I'm going to say that New Orleans finishes top three in the NFC, and here's why. It has less to do with the Saints. Now, here's the thing about the Saints. If, 
Chris Olave is there. If Michael Thomas comes back and is healthy, then that offense should be really good. And Dennis Allen's defense has been really solid for the Saints the past couple of years. Their defense is fine. Their offense, if all the weapons come back healthy, are going to be really good as well. But it really has less to do with the Saints as a whole and more to do with their cupcake of a schedule. I think they have the easiest schedule in the entire league. If it's not the easiest, then it's the second easiest. Let me just go through really quick. And if we're just lining these teams up on who's better, I, I think the Saints have a really, really favorable schedule schedule to make a push to be one of the top teams in the NFC. So they play the Titans week one. So that's that should be a win for them. They're at home. They play the Panthers. That should be a win. Packers, win. Buccaneers, win. Patriots on the road, probably a loss. Then they play the Texans. They play the Jaguars. That's probably a loss. They probably beat the Texans. Saints, Colts, I don't know. Maybe a toss-up, but let's say they win that one. Actually, let's say they lose that one and then they beat the Bears. They play the Vikings. All right? They lose to the Vikings. But then, to finish the season, they go Falcons, win. Lions, maybe. Panthers win. Giants, they're at home. I could see them winning that. And then they close the season with the Rams, Buccaneers, and Falcons. Like, they play – the only teams on that schedule where I really look at where they go, they are definitively better than the Saints. It, actually, I don't know. I don't know. Because can you definitively say that the Jaguars are better? Maybe. Can you definitively say that the Lions and Giants are better? I don't know. Yes. Okay, well, I'll give you those, but two, but okay. So they play the they play the um, the Vikings. They play the Vikings on the road, but they play the Lions at home. So let's say they split those. Nothing, nothing really excites me with New Orleans. There's Maybe nothing the- really that I can pinpoint. That's like, oh yeah, they're on the up and up there. They're just aging in a lot of important positions. I think Nate, they're super but actual productivity might be lower this year. Maybe, maybe. But I, but I guess what I'm saying is that on the surface, there's no team on their schedule. They, they, don't, they don't play the Chiefs. They don't play the they Eagles. Don't. They don't play the Cowboys. They don't play any of the big, big guns in the AFC or the NFC. So all I'm saying is I think they could take advantage – of that and make a push to at least be in the top three in the NFC. So, um, so how many wins would they have to get to be a top three seed in the NFC to be a top 12, 11, 12, probably, probably, probably closer to 12. Um, I'm looking at the records right now from last season. I mean, Philly had 14, Minnesota had 13, San Francisco had 13, Dallas mm-hmm. had 12. So they'd probably need 12, 13, somewhere around there, which I guess what I'm saying is I think they have the opportunity to do that based on their schedule and if they can just beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. Because I don't, I don't see any game on this schedule where I go, oh, well, that's a definitive loss for the Saints. Right. Like, you can absolutely 100% without a doubt pencil that in. Like, I feel like there's a road for all of those games where I can go, yeah, yeah, they could definitely win uh, every one of these games. Yeah, I think the Saints really have flown under the radar. 
this whole mm-hmm. offseason. I haven't heard anything about them whatsoever. Yeah, I know. And, you know, for a while it was all about, like, Derek was one of the big-name QBs that was out there for a while. He landed there, and then that was it. That was really it. Like, once he was there, it was like, okay, cool, thanks, bye, and that was it. Must have been a lot of golf for those executives this offseason. All I they know. do is make one move, and it was fairly early on. I know. <laughs> all right. You guys don't have to come in. Exactly. We're, We're done. All good. We're done here. <laughs> all right. All right my, my number two. One. I guess I should go with this one because it directly contradicts your Saints. But I think out of nowhere, we have to agree the NFC South is the most up-for-grabs division. Mm-hmm. Right? And like you say, the Saints have an easy schedule. I think all the teams in that schedule, all the teams in that division have easy schedules because they play themselves and they play the AFC South, which is by far the easiest division in the AFC. So that's fortuitous for them. But I think the Panthers are going to win the NFC South Mm. with something like nine wins. Nine wins. Well, the joke last year was somebody eventually has to win that division. (laughs) Yep, and the Buccaneers looked into it. Um, I I don't really think anyone got that much better. Yes, Derek Carr is an improvement over Jameis. Jameis was their QB last year. Um, uh, it was, yeah, Jameis, and then it was Taysom Hill, and then it was me, and then it was you, and it was <laughs> they had everybody. <laughs> I think I think Ian Book got in at one point. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, Saints marginally I think got better. I don't think Derek is. He might prove me wrong. He might be a top five in the MVP voting like he was in 2016. But, man, we're getting farther and farther away from 2016. Uh, I think Panthers have an opportunity. They've always felt like a team that's a QB away. That they've had defensive output has been solid every single year. And they've just seemed like, man, if their if their offense just got out of their own way, they would be winning some games. They don't have Sam Darnold anymore. They don't have Baker Mayfield. They have, presumably, in Bryce Young, a legit QB that might actually be a reason for them to win as opposed to a reason of them losing. Um, so for that, I think the Panthers will win the NFC South. Well, new coach, new QB. I'm looking at USA Today. Um and they have the Panthers winning nine games. They have them going nine and eight. So who knows? I mean, we'll see if, if the Bryce Young thing hits and it meshes well with Frank Reich, then, yeah, I mean, you could see that offense being pretty explosive. But I think the Saints front to back um, are probably the more complete team. But the Panthers, you know, at the be- – Right around the draft is when, obviously, the Panthers were really in the the national spotlight because of the Bryce Young thing. And I did hear quite a few people talk about how, hey, if Carol, if this hits for Carolina, then then watch out. They might actually not be the schmucks that everybody thinks they are. So, yeah, we'll see. Uh, I guess I'll be rooting for the Saints and you'll be rooting for the Panthers so we know who we'll be picking when we do our picks. <laughs> well, I was right last year with the Tua Dolphins pick, so I'm hoping that this, this goes two for two for me. Yeah, you and I hit on our on our dark horses last year, so we'll have to do that again um, this year for dark horse MVP. 
Um, I'll tell you who's not going to be winning their division, and that's going to be the Raiders. Um, so my take for the Raiders, and again, it has less to do – it really has less to do with the Raiders as a whole because I think we actually have pretty decent players. Is more to do with the fact that we have a murderer's row of a schedule. I think the Raiders are probably going to finish – bottom five in the league and have a top five um, pick heading into next year. And then they draft a QB. So let me just read you their schedule here. Cause this is ridiculous. Obviously they play the Broncos chief chargers twice. And while divisional games are crazy and the Raiders over the past few seasons have done well with playing um, against everybody in that division, I don't know. I could see them losing all of those games or I could see them going three and three. I don't see them doing much better than three and three. But outside of those games, they also play the Bills. They play the Steelers. They play the Packers, Patriots, Bears, Lions, Giants, Jets, Dolphins, Vikings, and Colts. And a lot of those teams last year were pretty decent. I know that the Packers... Lost Aaron Rodgers, but who knows? They might be decent. The Steelers actually won six out of their last seven games last season, heading into the final. Uh, well, actually, no. Yes, it was six out of seven. Yes, they won six out of seven of their last games. The <clears throat> Patriots just hired. Um, oh, his name just jumped out of my head. His name just jumped out of my head. Who's their new OC? Whoa. He was. Well, what did you just say? O'Brien. Gosh. Uh, was, what is his first name? Bill. <laughs> Bill O'Brien. God, thank you. Oh, that's why you're here. Bill O'Brien, Matt it's, Jones. It's gonna be okay, Jason. Maybe I know. I'm I think. Worried. I think in the whole thing, I'm just. I'm flustered because last season was such a season of like season of high expectations for the Raiders, and it fell so short. And I think that the expectations for the Raiders this season are very low. And I actually think that they're going to be right. And it just has me flustered. I can't think I can't talk. I'm forgetting coaches names. My explanation for why they're going to be bad. was pretty awful, but look, they're just not going to be good. They have a murderer's row schedule. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to stay healthy the entire year. I hope he does, but I don't think he will. Cause I'm just going off of history. I don't have any faith in Josh McDaniels after last season. And we still haven't signed Josh Jacobs. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Still haven't signed Josh Jacobs? No. So there you go. There's my Raiders take. So this puts you in a kind of a predicament, right? Like what do you do when your organization makes – when you're – the team that you've loved for so long continuously makes mistakes? Do you have to move on? No, you just root for the Kings. And that's, that makes everything better. And you just hope one day that the Raiders figure it out? Yeah, I'm just waiting for the year where the both teams are good during the same year, you know? Because that really hasn't happened in my lifetime. Well, I, I feel like the Kings are different because the Kings, I've been able to rationalize some of their decisions. Um, granted, within a 17-year playoff drought, there's a lot of really poor decisions. <laughs> uh, Marvin Bagley over Luka Doncic. Still doesn't look good. No, 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 no. Will never look good. There's no still. <laughs> uh, Tyreek Evans over Steph Curry, if we're going back that far. Will never Man. look good. Whew. That one sucks. Um, 
but even in those those instances, it was like, oh yeah, I like I like Tyreek. Yeah, he looks awesome. He ended up being rookie of the year, so it was like, okay, that that like that worked out. But this whole thing, I mean, you called it from day one, the Josh McDaniels hire. Yeah. Of there is just no good with this. No. No, I had I had no faith in that in that decision at all. And again, it really was I it, look, Josh, Josh was going to most likely get a second chance anyway. Um, so, you know, from that standpoint, I guess I'm glad he got a second chance. But if you watch the end of that previous season with Rich Bisaccia as the head coach and just how much the players rallied around him, absolutely loved him. Him and Derek were the focal points of that whole season once the whole Gruden thing happened. That was also the year that the Rugs incident happened. They that team could have fallen completely apart. And Derek and Rich Passaccia were just calming voices in the locker room. They kept everybody together and they went on a run to end the season and they damn near won a playoff game. Um beating the Cincinnati Bengals. They were really, really close. And I was just like, why not run it back? Like what's the rush? Really what's the rush? I know if Josh was your guy, then maybe you want to go out and get him. But why was he your guy? You know, you, you, just, you just had this, this miraculous, like, gift fall into your lap from the standpoint of you, you had a coach who really was the right person at the right time for the Raiders during that season. And just to let him go like that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. So... It just never felt right from the beginning. It just uh, – it never seemed like it was – Okay, work. you're throwing a lot. I feel like – are you safe? I'm safe. I'm just – yeah. There, there's, there's stuff around me, and I'm getting frustrated, so I'm just going to okay, keep let's move throwing on. the pen. <laughs> from the Raiders. Maybe this one will make you feel better, right? The Broncos, they, they were busy this offseason. Yeah. Um, unlike the Saints, they actually – they went to work every single day. No vacation hours, no long golf trips. Let's ride. Bring it bring a new coach, bring in a lot of additions for that team. They are still going to be effed up this year. <laughs> because in Russ, we trust. And I don't think something looked broken last year. And I don't think the Sean Payton hiring is going to poof magically fix that team. And let's be honest, they're in a tough division. There mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to come by wins. Yeah, they're going to get two wins from the Raiders. But other than that, they're going to go winless in this division. So you're saying they're going to be third in this division. I'll I'll be kind to you. They're going to finish fourth. They're going to finish fourth. (laughs) Well, I hope so. I don't think they're going to finish fourth, but I think they're going to be much better than last year. I think Russ is going to be much better, but, you know, when you're at the rock bottom, there's really no place to go but up. But how does he just magically improve? I think he's going to magically improve because I think Sean Payton is going to build the system around him that's just going to make him – Maybe who knows if Russell Wilson is what he used to be anymore, but I'm sure Sean Payton could make an offense to fake it till he makes it. <laughs> and 
sort of put Russ in advantageous situations to make him look like he's still, you know, the Russ from eight years ago. So I think Sean Payton probably already has a vice grip on that team. And again, I I think they're going to be much better. Do I think they're going to be better than the Chargers and the Chiefs? Well, they're definitely not going to be better than the Chiefs. And I actually think the Kellen Moore thing is going to be more important than the um, Sean Payton thing in the long run, just from the standpoint of I think that that's exactly what Justin Herbert needed to sort of get the Chargers offense and himself moving in the right direction. And if they can get that moving in the right direction, then the Chargers are going to be scary. He was already moving in the right direction. I mean, yes, but now he's got an offensive-minded head coach. Uh, or offensive coordinator, I should say, uh, who could really, really, really tailor make an offense for him. I mean, if he can make Dak look like Dak has looked over the past couple of years, then imagine what he can do with with Herbert. So, um, I'm fine with the Broncos being third and stinking. That's cool with me. You guys, no, they're going to no be fourth, out of me. man. Don't fourth. worry, they're going to be fourth. Fourth. Okay. All right, Broncos are going to be fourth. Hey, okay. I'm going to double double up here. The Ravens are going to be winning the AFC North, and I love the Cincinnati Bengals. You just touched on Pittsburgh, won six of their last seven games last season. Um, you got the Smelly Browns with Smelly Browns with their quarterback over there. But the Ravens, every single year that Lamar Jackson is healthy, they've been a force in the AFC. Lamar got his money. He's happy. He gets Odell. Hopefully they can utilize him. Still a great coaching staff there. Still a top-notch organization. They are going to win the AFC North. I don't think that's a super flaming hot take as long as the Odell thing works out the way that they want it to. I think if I think if that ends up backfiring on them, then then the same problem that has been plaguing them over the past couple of years is going to be still evident, which is the fact that they just don't have enough weapons. But if Odell can stay healthy, then they solve that problem. Then yes, I don't see any reason why the Ravens couldn't win that division. The Bengals are a juggernaut and Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league. So they're going to obviously have to deal with Cincinnati, but yeah, I don't see any reason why, why Baltimore couldn't, couldn't win that but again what you're putting that on is the health of two i guess injury prone players in lamar jackson and odell beckham jr so Mm -hmm. you gotta hope that both of them don't get injured because if i mean can you imagine if they both get injured (laughs) yeah it's gonna be kind of a season like last year like the last five games of last year's season where don't really know who's going to be quarterback quarterback in that team. Exactly. But think about it. They almost won a playoff game last year without Lamar. Yeah. Didn't they almost beat Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. And Tyler Huntley. <laughs> yeah. And I think Cincinnati's primed more so to have more postseason success. I just think Lamar Jackson wins a lot of regular season games. Um, I I like Cincinnati more than Baltimore. I just I just think and no one's I I feel like no one's really talking about Baltimore. Uh yeah, not right now. 
Not right now. But again, I agree with you. I don't see any reason why Baltimore couldn't couldn't win that division. I don't think that's a flaming hot take. I think it's scorching. Scorching. All right. Scorching. Um, All right. You double down with two. I'll give you two. I'll give you two uh, hot takes for who's going to win NFL MVP. Oh, okay. I'll I'll tell you right now that I think Trevor Lawrence is going to finish third in voting this year. I think the end of last season, including that playoff game where they came back, which was just amazing to watch as a Raiders fan, watching the Chargers collapse spectacularly like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the end of the season is more indicative of what, what Trevor Lawrence is going to be going forward. Everything seemed to click for him in the second half of the season. You really saw it come to fruition in that second half. And again, I know that, I know that people are going to look at that first half of the playoff game and maybe hold that against him. But I think the way that you could also frame that is that didn't rattle him. I mean, he can't, that was the worst first half you could probably ever have as a quarterback in a playoff game. And then he comes back and just, I mean, I don't. Words couldn't even describe how uh, much he violated the Chargers' defense in the second half. He went nuclear, and I think the fact that you can rebound from such a terrible first half, have such a great second half, win that game, I think that says a lot about who who he is as a just as a quarterback in general. And the second half of that season for him was really good as well. I think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna win. But I think he'll I think he'll be at least third in MVP voting. Um, and then what I will say is the person who's actually going to win NFL MVP this year is not going to be Josh Allen. I'm going to say that Justin Herbert wins an NFL MVP before Whoa. Josh Allen, and we'll say it's this year. I I'm putting all my eggs in the the Kellen Moore Justin Herbert basket, and again, it could maybe it, maybe it doesn't show fully this season but I do really think that that's exactly what Justin Herbert needed I know that Patrick Mahomes is probably the obvious choice and I won't be shocked if he wins and I won't be shocked if Jalen Hurts wins but I think if the Chargers thing goes in the direction that I think it's going to go in then I think Justin Herbert's going to have a really strong case for NFL MVP this season. And I think it's going to be interesting if he wins one before Josh Allen does. Yeah, I think they got to win that division if he's going to win an MVP. Uh, maybe. I think it would depend on if they don't win that division, but they're only a game or two behind the Chiefs and Herbert is just playing crazy, then I could see them. I could see them doing the – well, Patrick's won it so many times already. So, like, let's just give it to – let's do the Herbert only- thing. And that's crazy. I totally agree with you that he's only won it twice, but yeah, he's going to get overlooked and yeah, he's the favorite. Um, I think if he's there, he deserves it. We got to stop punishing the best player in the NFL for actually playing well and being there so consistently. I agree with you, but we do that with every sport, right? Like you could have theoretically given it, given the MVP to LeBron James for like every single season of his career or hell, even Brady, especially the years where he was winning Super Bowls, which was like seemingly every. (laughs) Yeah. So So it's just something that we do. And I, you're, you're right. I don't like it, but I guess I'm more thinking about from a voter standpoint, not necessarily if I was a voter, but I think her, like, again, I think it, if Herbert's playing well enough, like even close enough to Patrick to make it a case, 
then I think people might just give it to Herbert. Yeah, and I totally hope so. I, that, I think that would be awesome. Um, not only sticking it. I, I just feel like Josh Allen is a load, little overrated at this point. That I disagree with. But um, I do think that – I do think that – well, his best is just – it's so good. But his his worst is like, whoa. Like, you can't – you're not going to be looked at as a top three quarterback or or – in one breath, is he a top three quarterback in the league? Let me just ask you straight up. Ooh. Um, let's see, Mahomes. Burrow. Uh, yeah, I'd put Burrow over Josh Allen. And then um, who do you I think put even there? right I think even right now I'd put Jalen Hurts. Yeah. But the thing is, is that Josh Allen at his best is maybe better than all of them. M- minus Patrick Mahomes. But it's the fact that he has quite a more lows than all three of those guys. Yeah. It's like, what is his best? When is his best? When is he not throwing interceptions? When is he not turning the ball over in crucial times that loses his team games? Um, It's the same thing that I was going to bring up with Trevor Lawrence. And thank you for mentioning that. That first half was awful (laughs) that he had. Um, And he had moments like that where, you're like, man, I'm I am believe I am hopping on the hype train for Jacksonville. I think I was the conductor of that hype train last year. I called them the Cincinnati Bengals after week two. Mm-hmm. Uh because man, that, that team just looked so much fun. They were playing they're playing so well on offense, and then boom, they looked like a completely different team for the next five to six weeks. And that was all due to the fact that their QB was going through a major slump. I think he has a lot of growth, but he's he's still growing for sure. Um, another year with Doug Peterson as the as in charge of the offense, I think will help. But I think top three is just too high. I don't think I can go that far. The interceptions, I think, are just going to hold him back. He's only going to throw six. How about that? <laughs> Oh, he's going to have an Aaron Rodgers-like season? Yeah, no. No. <laughs> no. 40 touchdowns to six interceptions? Yeah, no. No, no, no. All right, give me your last one. Uh, my last one? Oh, my gosh, this is so perfect. The Jaguars. I think they are probably the most beloved team right now this offseason. Yep. I think I've heard more – at least from the media choosing the Jaguars as that surprise team in quotes. But if everyone's picking them, they're not a surprise anymore. Mm-hmm. They're not winning the AFC South. Mm. Mm. And I am tempted to choose a team in Houston. <laughs> Houston? Yeah. I mean, it seems like every year one team goes from worst to first. I don't think it can be overstated, and I I get it. I'm choosing the Panthers, who had the number one pick, and now I'm choosing Houston to win their division, and they had the second pick and the third pick. So, but I can't. I don't think it can be overstated how important it was. One, to get a player at the level of C.J. Stroud, and then boom! On top of that, you get arguably the best defensive player in Will Anderson. Yeah, they had a great draft. 
they've just gotten such an influx of talent in one night. I just it, this team is going to be completely different. Well, and your boy D'Amico Ryan's. I yep. mean, he's you know he's going to have them uh, on a straight narrow path. <laughs> yeah, that um, defense is going to be humming. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, I can see it. I like it. I like it. I like the pick. I mean, we're doing bold predictions. One, it seems like every year we have at least one or two teams go from worst to first. When you have a draft like the Texans did and you have a coach like D'Amico Ryans, again, it's possible. It's very possible. And what That's was the what... record of Jacksonville last year? What did they win? They won that with – I think they won it with nine wins, right? Uh, stand by. I'm pretty sure they won it with just nine wins. So if you're Nine and eight. Me, nine and eight. Yeah, like it, I wasn't a – demolition job that they put on that division they barely scraped by and won that um well we'll just give this like one more minute i'll let's look at their schedule real quick they they open up pretty tough i mean they go ravens colts jaguar steelers so that's not a super easy opening then they go falcons saints panthers bucks so that that lightens up a little bit uh, they get Bengals, Cardinals, Jaguars, Broncos, Jets. That's it's not super easy. And then they get the Titans, Browns, Titans, Colts. So they, I mean, they've got some easy games and some tough games mixed in there. So I, who knows? It's not a super easy schedule. It's not a horrible schedule. So we'll we see. don't know what this team's going to look like. It's right. very dependent on what CJ Stroud looks like. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see. But I like it. Bold prediction. Um, And then the last one for me, we keep hearing the name DeAndre Hopkins being thrown around, where he's going to go, this, that, or the other. The two teams that seem to be linked to him the most are the Patriots and the Titans. But I'm telling you right now, he's not going to go to either one of those places. Uh, I I hear that the hang-up for a lot of teams right now is the fact that he's got a pretty high asking price, which I get it. Because Odell got paid a lot, and I'm sure D Hop wants to get paid that much, if not more. But I'm telling you right now, he's gonna hold out. He's gonna drop his he's gonna drop his price, and Andy Reid and the Chiefs are gonna swoop in Whoa. and steal him. And Whoa. he's gonna go to the Chiefs. And that's where he's gonna land, and the Chiefs are gonna get their number one wide receiver on a discount price. He's gonna win a ring, and then they're and then he's gonna dip. And that'll be that'll be what happens with DeAndre Hopkins. I I keep seeing the rumors about him and the Chiefs. They're they're starting to heat up a little bit. I know that the Titans and the Patriots are the ones who've been linked to him the most, but I eventually think the allure of the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes is going to make him drop his price, and he's going to land there, and it's going to be terrifying for everybody. I mean, that's like nightmare. That's nightmare fuel for you. I know. I know. I know. Do but, they even need a number one wide receiver? They have Travis Kelsey. Well, they proved last year they didn't, but good grief if they could get him at a discounted price. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> I know the Bills have been linked to him, too. I believe the Bills... I was listening to uh, Rich Eisen, oh, just one of the best. And he was saying that the Bills 
had stated that they want DeAndre Hopkins, but his asking price was too high. Like they'd be all over him, but they didn't want to pay him what he was asking. So yeah, we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I think the difference for them is he would be probably a second of wide receiver two mm-hmm. for them. But depending on what what's happening with this Stefan Diggs situation. I know. But like why would he want to go to Tennessee? Like really? Money. Opportunity. I, I know, all, but if but he's volume. he's thirty one years old. He's gonna be he's he's late later in his career. And why not go to a contender? Like Tennessee's so, not a contender. So if Tennessee were to get DeAndre Hopkins, would you not consider them the favorite to win that division? Well, I, I like Houston. No. <laughs> <laughs> now you like Houston. No. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, the refrigerator in the backfield, and oh. DeAndre, maybe. Maybe. I think I probably would. Yeah, maybe. But, like, they wouldn't be more than that. They would they would win their division and, and probably probably that's it. I know that Tennessee, the past couple of years have has been an absolute machine. But I think with if you're looking at it from, and I can't I'm not in DeAndre Hopkins' head, but if you know that the Bills and the Chiefs are looking at you, then why not go there for a little less and play with those quarterbacks and compete for a title? You know. Yeah, I think it's just easier. So maybe that's not that's not high on the priority, really. Maybe not. Maybe not. But I don't know. I feel like the allure of the Chiefs is going to draw him in. It's going to draw him in. What's the best fit for Dalvin Cook? For Dalvin Cook? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, now you're looking at teams who, like, really, really need a running back. Miami, I know, has been linked to him. That they don't be... really. They don't really need a running back. Um. Well, they could take a number. I mean, any team's going to get better with Dalvin Cook. Um, what about the Raiders? No, because we've got Josh. Kind of. Um, <laughs> I thought you said they didn't. They haven't signed him yet. They they haven't signed him yet. Um, Maybe that's. I was gonna to say. Play. I was gonna say Philly, but they signed DeAndre Swift, and they have Rashad Penny. So. No on that one. Um, could New England use him? They have Ramondre Stevenson. Yep. What about the Bears? What if you paired Justin Fields with Dalvin Cook and had the two-headed sort of run game? Yeah, I mean, they have Dave McGurn, but that's like that's not right. really stop you from getting Dalvin Cook. I, I, I think Dalvin Cook at this point is a little overrated. You think a lot. Of, what about Houston? What about what about your boy Houston in Houston? Well, I Damon Pierce was really good last year. Yeah, Pierce was from, really good from a fantasy standpoint. Well, just Dalvin Cook has like those games where he goes for two hundred yards, but then there's so many games where he's going for like thirty mm-hmm. and zero touchdowns. He's a lot like Aaron Jones to me, right? Like there's those games where you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is easily a top five running back. Like he's a star in this league. But there's so many more weeks where he's not putting out, like, average production. Um, 
What about what about Dallas? I yeah, that might work. I mean, they got rid of Zeke, and Tony Pollard is their number one back, but he was used to sort of a two-back system. You bring in Dalvin Cook to fill sort of what Zeke was doing, maybe Dallas? Yeah, and Tony Pollard's coming off knee surgery. Right. I think I like the Dallas. I think I like the Dallas play. I think I like the Dallas play as my – either that or maybe – Maybe Chicago. Maybe. Not sure. But who knows? Well, those are our bold predictions for the upcoming NFL season. Super excited for the games to kick off. Well, preseason starts uh, early August. So, I mean, that's literally just a month away. So, we are right around the corner. We're going to be talking a lot of football going forward. But we do have to close the book on the NBA. And we're going to do it by talking about the NBA in-season tournament which seems to be drawing a lot of kind of WTF reactions a little bit. I, 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 don't, I can't really get a pulse on whether or not people are liking this or hating it. I think I'm of the mindset that we kind of just have to wait it out to see how it really affects the season. It doesn't seem like it's going to affect it all that much. But uh, in case you weren't aware of how this is going to play out. I'm on NBA.com right now. I will read you a a quick little synopsis that they posted about it. Please do. Um, The inaugural in-season tournament will tip off Friday, November 3rd and culminate with the championship on Saturday, December 9th. The semifinals, Thursday, December 7th, and the championship will take place at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. The in-season tournament will consist of two stages, group play and the knockout rounds. So, group play. All 30 teams have been randomly drawn into groups of five within their conference based on one loss record. It says one loss record, not win loss record. No way. It does. On the official NBA website. Yes, it does. uh, Who wrote that? Fire them. I know. Based on one loss record from the 22 23 regular season. Beginning November 3rd and continuing through Tuesday, November 28th, each team will play four designated group play. group play games on tournament nights one game against each opponent in its group uh, with two games at home and two on the road knockout rounds eight teams will advance to the knockout rounds the team with the best standing in group play games in each of the six groups and two wild cards um the team from each conference with the best record in in group play games that finish second in its group so the knockout rounds will be single elimination games in the quarterfinals <clears throat> and then semifinals and championship. The qualifying teams will compete for a prize pool and the new in-season tournament trophy, the NBA Cup. All 67 games across both stages of the in-season tournament will count towards the regular season standings, except the championship. Each team will continue to play 82 regular season games in the 2023-2024 season including those games that are part of the group play and knockout rounds. 14 group play games and all seven knockout route games will be nationally televised. So to me, what this sounds like is that they're just hyping up a couple individual regular season games, putting a little bit more on the line. It doesn't sound like it's massively affecting the season in any way. And I heard the best reason why I heard the NBA has done this 
is because if you think about how global the NBA has become, probably the second most global game behind soccer. Mm -hmm. Think about how many people who watch European soccer leagues are used to sort of in-season tournaments. So the explanation that I had heard was that part of the reason why they could have possibly done this is to kind of make it more familiar to fans around the world who are used to in-season tournaments. And I thought that was a really interesting take. Whether or not that's the reason or not, I don't know. I know they're definitely trying to incentivize the beginning of the season and make like early of the season, like early in the season, regular games mean more. And maybe it will, maybe it won't. I don't know. But I like the idea that maybe it's just to bring in an audience or familiarize an audience who is uh, kind of who's been prone to watching soccer and seeing in-season tournaments. Yeah, and to me that totally makes sense. I think looking at this from an American major sports eyes, like a fan's eyes, um, this sounds crazy. It's like, why would we care about this in-season tournament that was just created when it really doesn't have any impact on my team's ability to win the finals um, and may even prove to be a detriment too. If my team is going for this cup and then suddenly boom, losing more regular season games because of it. Uh, But to me, it's, it doesn't actually seem that crazy because take the premier league, for example, the English premier league, they have, multiple in-season tournaments going on during their regular season. So they have their normal Premier League fixtures, and then they have um, tournaments that are just for English teams of all different leagues. They have the FA Cup, um, the a couple other tournaments that are in there, and then there's also the Champions League for those um, more competitive teams where they go and play different fixtures in, in Spain and Italy and France and different things like that in Germany. Um, and that somehow makes it all work. But my counter to that is they're playing – they only have like 40-something games to complete in the season, and they're really only having one game a week. It's a lot like our football season to where you're only really asked to play one game Sometimes they're asked to play two games, and I think that might have just been to make up for the fact that they had the World Cup this year, uh, which means that they had to have a break in their season. But that's not really how the NBA operates. Like they, You may have four games a week, or you may have three. So how does that impact when – you're playing these tournament schedules, these tournament games on, what was it, Tuesday, Thursday? The the tournament games? Yeah. Uh, they There's were like sit- tournament nights, right? Uh, there are tournament nights, but the dates, the dates of the games I don't think take place on Tuesday, Thursdays. I think the, um, wait, the beginning when I was reading the summary – the semifinals take place on Thursday, December 7th. Um, and then at the beginning of – it said beginning of November 3rd, continuing through Tuesday, November 28th, each team will play four designated group play games on tournament night. So I don't think that like oh, Tuesday – Oh, so they didn't th- say yeah. what day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Well, I just – I'm curious. And then how does it – and we don't really know, right, how it works if your team gets knocked out of the in-season tournament. Like, do you continue to have your normal scheduled games? And how does the scheduled games work if you're a team that's playing in the championship? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's just – it's something that obviously they haven't figured out because they wouldn't have announced it if they didn't. Um, it's just something really to get used to. I was – while I was talking, I was sort of grappling with the question of, as a fan, would I be more excited? So say I come to you and I'm like, hey, Jason, I have tickets for the Kings game. They're, it's the first game in the – or it's the last game in the group stage for the NBA Cup. Would you be more excited or kind of indifferent to that fact? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if that changes – my excitement for going to a Kings game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I, I think I really don't know. And again, this is foreign. Like you said, for a lot of American fans, I've never, I've never really, I've never watched a sport that had in season tournaments. I don't pay a ton of attention to um, world cup soccer. And I honestly really should, but I, cause every time I have it on, I find it infinitely fascinating, but I just haven't. And I don't, so that's really all foreign to me. And you're right. I don't, I don't know how much as a fan it incentivizes me to watch my team. I, I really, I really don't know. Maybe if your team is really terrible and they end up doing well in the, the in-season tournament, maybe it's something your fans can hang their hat on. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is that it doesn't seem like it's going to drastically affect the overall makeup of the NBA season. Like, Teams who make it all the way through and into the, I don't know, and into, let's say, the finals aren't going to be playing an extra, like, six games if they make it all the way to the finals, you know? Right. And I think that would have been a huge problem if that was the case, especially when you have so many people who are already not playing full seasons anyway. If you were to ask them to add more games because of this in-season tournament, I think every – I don't even think it would have passed – to be actually officially a part of the NBA. Um, The way that this all fell out in terms of where teams landed is interesting because, uh, so I'm looking at the Kings bracket. They're with, it's Kings, Warriors, Minnesota, OKC, and the Spurs, which I feel like that right there is a collection of four teams that are up and coming and the, the Kings, I mean, like the, I guess the Kings of the division, which would be the warriors. You have the Kings who are up and coming. OKC, Who's got a young core up and coming San Antonio. Who's got a young core up and coming Minnesota young core up and coming. And then the warriors. Um, mm. Well, which is a, Kings, <laughs> Kings are Kings have arrived, arrived. My friend, they're the, the leaders of that division. That's, um, that's all... fair. Call Minnesota up and coming. I don't know. I mean, they have Rudy Gobert and Carlton Towns, who are not exactly young. No, I know. I guess I was more thinking of Anthony Edwards, but still. But so the West, so that was the West C. The West A is Memphis, Phoenix, Lakers, Jazz, Blazers. Ooh, that's a bloodbath. That is. The West B is Denver, the Clippers, Pelicans. Dallas and the Rockets, that's a tough group. Um, and then the only weak link really in that group is the Rockets. Mm-hmm. 
And then I think a lot of the East teams lucked out with who they're lined up with because so you have the 76ers and Cavs in this in East A along with Atlanta, Indiana and Detroit. So 76ers and the Cavs being together, that's uh, a good pairing. East B, you have Milwaukee, the Knicks, Miami, three three good teams, and then Washington and the Hornets. And then East C, you have Boston, Brooklyn, Toronto, Chicago, and Orlando. And I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, the 76ers, the Cavaliers, the Bucks, the Heat, the Celtics, like, they didn't end up in divisions with it. Like, Milwaukee and the Heat were paired together, so there's a, there's a tough pairing. The 76ers and the Cavs were paired, but that's it. And then East C... Like Boston got it the easiest. They have Brooklyn, Toronto, Chicago, and Orlando. They they got it the easiest out of out of the East big teams. And I guess what I'm saying is that you don't have like Milwaukee, Boston, Cleveland, and Philly in one group. Yeah, and it's it's going to be really interesting to see how much because it's really up to the NBA and the players to show how important this tournament is. Because if the level of play doesn't seem different to regular season play, but I don't think people are going to care. So I know that there are incentives for players and the teams to win. Let me, let me try to find it real quick. I, I remember seeing it here on one of the articles. So this um, will be interesting. Oh, here too. we go. I got it. I got it. For go like regular season MVP, like regular season honors, all NBA, these different things. Do you think it'll come into play that, Oh, Jokic should win MVP because Denver he led Denver to the NBA Cup victory. Like, is that is this going to be an impressive feat? I don't know because it feels like um, they're they're probably just going to be viewed as like normal regular season games with just a little bit more on the line. I guess. Sure. Would I hand up right now? My right hand is up. I swear, if there's one thing I want, I want the Kings to be the first ever NBA Cup champion. But after the first, I don't know how much this is going to matter. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, so, so here's this. Here are the incentives. Beyond winning the NBA Cup, players on teams that reach the quarterfinals and beyond, so the quarterfinals and beyond, will receive additional financial compensation, $500,000 for each player on the championship team, $200,000 for players on the runner-up team, $100,000 for players on the losing semifinal teams, and $50,000 for each player on the team that loses in the quarterfinals. So a comment that I heard on the Rich Eisen show was, $50,000, $50,000, I mean, $500,000 might not be all that much to a guy like Steph Curry, but for the last guys on the bench, that's huge. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? <laughs> um, I'm really curious to see how much this affects the season because my gut is telling me it won't affect it almost at all. And it'll just be like, oh, yeah, the, it's a cup game. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Uh, it's definitely caught it my like. attention, but again, I don't think it's going to shake up the league all that much. I think it's going to suck as soon as there's someone that sits out a cup game. <laughs> yeah. 
like Kawhi sits out, and I'm sorry, Kawhi, I know you're listening. You're just the guy. You're the guy to go to for resting. Yeah, you have become the face of load management, which hurts my heart more than I can describe. Well, you know what? He decided to sit out a year to punish the Spurs. So I know it just I've... hurts. It just hurts. But as soon as there's a big star that is resting on a cup game on a cup day, I think that's really when shit's going to hit the fan. Yeah, I think then Adam Silver's going to be like, well, this really didn't accomplish what we wanted it to. <laughs> but here's the thing. If it doesn't go well in the first two years, do you think they can just pull it? Because I think they've, with the way that they've created this system, it's not like it's dramatically affecting the NBA schedule in any way. So it feels like it's an easy thing to go, all right, well, we tried. It didn't work. We'll try We'll move on. Yeah, and I, I really have faith in this tournament working. And, like, yeah, you're totally right. It's pretty low risk. If it doesn't work, then boom, we're, we're kind of done with it. We can go back. I think it's the same thing with the play-in tournament. Mm-hmm. When everyone saw that, I think we were all kind of skeptical of what it's going to look like. Um, but I think you can kind of – I think we can all admit it's been a success. The playing is fun. Yeah, the playing so is fun. If this cup just gives players more reasons to play hard more often, I think we're in for a better NBA product. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's just going to be very interesting to see if it does what they what it sent out to do. So, and if I'm if I'm the Lakers and LeBron James, I know I got to win this. Because Michael Jordan never won an NBA Cup. Because <laughs> Michael Jordan never won an NBA Cup. That should be the title of the episode. It's and either going to It's either going to be an NBA Cup MVP, too? Because we can't do I that. I think so. I think so. No, yeah. we can't do that. I think so. We can't um, have a regular season MVP, an NBA Cup MVP, an Eastern and Western Conference MVP, and a Finals MVP. You got to pick, like, two. Well... Uh, what under what are the incentives? A tournament MVP and all tournament honors will also be awarded. Oh, are you serious? Yep, just read it <clears throat> from USA Today. <laughs> and that's gonna be cool's contest for mm. like boost. Well, you gotta be all tur- all tournament player. Gotta make it. Yeah. You go. I don't know, LeBron. Go. <laughs> get it so we have two contenders for the title of this episode we have ribs are overrated and michael jordan never won an nba (laughs) (laughs) and i I don't know which one i like more i think you should go for the michael jordan one i think so i think that might be better um to close this off let me let me close it with something that wasn't better than any of the originals have you been to the movies recently uh, no. So, Bree and I just went and saw the new Indiana Jones movie. Oh, why? And, I, well, India, first of all, Indiana, the first three Indiana Jones movies rock, okay? Yeah, and, and then the fourth one sucked balls. Yeah, and but that, that, had, that was like ten years ago. But there was no indication that this one was going to be as bad as that one. Anyway. That, that one was so bad, and that one was ten years ago. Yeah, but again, you could say the same thing about like Star Wars. 
the second trilogy was terrible, and then no, the third trilogy no, started. No, 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 no. No, look, look, look. Don't look, even look. say that. Look, you know I love those three movies. I, it, it has been well documented and well stated. I love those. Those were our Star Wars. Like those, those three movies are flawless in my mind. But in terms of actual critic review, it was they got obliterated. Revenge of the Sith did not was not as bad as uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. No, it wasn't. But what I'm saying is past failures aren't necessarily indicative of future success because the the um, the very first Star Wars movie that came out uh, of the newest trilogy, yeah, Force Awakens, was amazing. But and, that was a different cast. But still, it's still the same universe it's the same almost the same storyline um and it did have some returning characters let's not act like it was a totally new cast um there were still plenty of familiar faces you know that um, why that one worked because hmm. they didn't expect um geez oh gosh what what's who plays han solo what's his name Harrison Ford. They, I was going to let expect, you dangle for a they second. They didn't expect Harrison Ford. Like Harrison, they got a great performance out of Harrison Ford. They did in The Force Awakens. The Kingdom of the Crystal Skull did not get a good Harrison Ford. Well, they got a good Harrison Ford in this movie. Um, unfortunately, the movie itself was was not amazing. And uh, do you plan on seeing it at all ever? No, probably not. Okay, well then let me just if you ha- if anybody is interested in list in seeing it, then for the next five minutes, just well we'll see, we'll see you next week. <laughs> um, but so spoiler, I thought that this movie was it was too action heavy for me. I think I think Indiana Jones works better on a smaller scale. I think I think if you're an Indiana Jones fan, then yes, obviously action is going to be a part of the movie. But I don't think it's the main component of the movie. I don't think it's the main draw of the movie. I think Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones and his, you know, smart ass nature, him doing the the grave robbing, the not really grave robbing, but just solving puzzles, working stuff out, having it works on a smaller scale. And I felt within the first 50 minutes of the movie, there were three extended action sequences. And I was like this this doesn't feel like Indiana Jones. It feels like I'm watching just a regular old run-of-the-mill action movie. And I know that Indiana Jones falls in the action movie category, but again, what I'm saying is, is that it works in limited capacities, I think, for that character. And they... I'm, I know that they've stretched the realm of believability with Indiana Jones because they're dealing with like curses and ancient artifacts. So there's a level of fantasy that's involved in it. But what they end up dealing with in this is that they have this uh, like almost compass made by um, Archimedes, I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, Okay. And what this compass does is it senses like rifts in time and space. So theoretically, you could fly through the rift using the mathematical calculations of the calculator and go back to wherever you wanted to. So the point is that you have this Nazi guy who wants to go back to um, like before World War II started, kill Hitler, and then basically become Hitler and do it better than Hitler did. That's his sort of his whole. Wow. Um, 
That's his. How did this pass the writers' room? Well, so what ends up happening is they end up getting the compass. They end up flying through the rift, but Harrison Ford, as they're flying through the rift, or Indy is doing is doing what Indy does. He solves puzzles, and as they're flying through it, he he's handcuffed at this point, and he looks at the guy and he goes. This isn't going to work because Archimedes couldn't have accounted for continental drift. So your mathematical calculations are going to be way off. He's like, I don't know what, what we're going to, where we're going to end up flying through this rift, but it's not going to be 1940, whatever, or 1930, whatever. They end up flying through a rift and they, they're back like 218 BC <laughs> and no they're, they're flying over, um, the siege of like Sicily, I think. <laughs> and they crash land this plane with like, uh, with like trireme ships, <laughs> like seizing Sicily. <laughs> so you want to, you want to talk about spreading the believability of, of Indiana Jones. That it was way out there, <laughs> way, hear, way uh... out there the newest Mission Impossible movies thinking about going back in time. Wouldn't that be awesome? Not really. Not really. Time travel is ruining movies. The multiverse has just not been good for movies recently. I don't think. What about the the Spider-Verse? Didn't you say that was pretty good? Spider-Verse, yes. They're the only ones who are doing it right. But like Marvel right now, it just seems like nobody can die. Everybody's like, it's just getting too confusing. Um, Indiana Jones, the time travel stuff, eh, I don't know. Um, but on the bright side, you're right, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, opened up as a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes and a 94 with the audience and is getting wait, great wait, wait, reviews. Wait, wait. Oh, yeah. It's part 1? Yeah, Part 1. So is this the last? Like, the next one's going to be the last one? I think so. I'm not 100% sure, but I think so. Um I cannot explain how excited I am for this movie. I'm actually seeing it on Thursday uh, with Ben. I asked him if he wanted to come. Um, oh, so I know well, if you were in if you were in town. <laughs> I hope you two have fun. Are you gonna yeah. go to crazy sushi before? Maybe make uh, it a date dinner date. Uh, we're going to Pokey afterward. Actually, um, Pokey. Go to that. Go to crazy sushi, man. Come on. Well, you know we're you know splurge on him. Anyway. Uh, I, I can't explain how excited I am for this movie. This has been the movie I've been looking forward to more than any other movie for the past two years. It's definitely my favorite movie franchise going at the moment. Um, and I swear Mission Impossible has ruined me for other action movies because because they do everything practically and like without CGI. <laughs> every time can, I every time can that I be see... the title of this episode? What? Mission Impossible has ruined me for other action movies. It 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 might. It, it honestly could be. But like honestly, I'm watching other action movies and I see heavy CGI, and in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, Tom Tom could do that. They would figure out a way. And they and it just looks so much better. Like in the trailer when they send that train off the bridge and it crashes into the the like river below. I couldn't tell in the trailer if that was real or not. And I watched a behind-the-scenes thing. No, that was real. They built the train. They threw it off a cliff. They only had one shot to get it, and they got it. That's real. 
the fighting on top of the train that's real they're just hooked in all of that it's all it's all there <laughs> they did all of it it's it's insane the driving through the streets of uh wherever they are in europe that's real they were drifting and everything tom's driving they are handcuffed the entire time everything so when you watch other action movies that are heavy on cgi i'm just like eh, it's not as impressive <laughs> We're just driving Tom to his death. I know. And Keanu Reeves, for that matter, too. <laughs> oh, Keanu's got to stop. <laughs> oh, man. You got to see the fourth John Wick. I got to finish it. I'm like halfway through it. I know. My parents just watched it, and they got to that shot that I was talking about, and they were just as impressed as I was. I'm telling you, it's the best shot out of the, the four movies, for sure. For sure. And you'll know it when you see it. Take your word for it. Yeah. No, you'll know it exactly when you see it. Because I didn't even have to say, I didn't even have to reference what point in the movie it was. And my parents were like, yep, 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 yep. We know exactly what you're talking about. So. So, can we, should we go to like celebrate at the movies and sushi when Darren Fox is named NBA Cup MVP? I think so. I think that's fair. Okay. I think that's fair. Just want to get that out of the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Agreed. We'll just mark it, put it in, uh, put it in writing now. So, so, if I were to tell you that the Kings are going to win the NBA Cup next season but miss out on the playoffs, what would your feelings be? That would really hurt my heart. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be disappointing? That would be very disappointing. So, doesn't that just show the NBA Cup doesn't matter? I think so. I think so. I think that's probably the best analogy <laughs> that so we could you rather, make. Would we rather the Kings make the playoffs again and get bounced in the first round or win the NBA Cup and miss the playoffs? Make the playoffs and get bounced in the first round. Yeah? Without a que- without question. Okay. Eh, I, I don't know. I kind of want to see a parade in Sacramento. <laughs> <It's> a parade <laughs> for the Cup? <laughs> parade for the Cup? Could you imagine? Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah, and mid Kings have announced that there's gonna be a parade in downtown. Everyone mid mid season parade. <laughs> Everyone else in the league is like, What? We weren't even trying. Giannis didn't parade. even play in the NBA Cup. Oh my god. That would be really, really sad. Remember when uh the Kings played like all of their draft picks in the summer league and then they ended up winning? And it was yeah. like, Oh my gosh, this is this is a sign. The Kings are for real. They're going to the make team. the playoffs. And then they proceeded to not make the playoffs for the next six years after that. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, wasn't that crazy? It was so fun. I enjoyed every second of that. So I bet, good. I bet the NBA Cup was like Vivek's idea. <laughs> just, like the cherry, <laughs> just like the cherry picking offense. <laughs> the four on five defense, yep. Oh that god, I remember I remember when we were having those conversations at Roseville and I was just like silently praying under my breath. I was just like this cannot be. Please. Please. <laughs> oh man, Vivek. But always thankful for Vivek cuz they're the reason he's the reason why uh the Kings are here. So. Yep. And he he created the beam, too. Yep. Literally can't uh can't ever say any negative thing about him going forward because, yep, the beam, and he's got the kept the team here. So just give him a key to the city for all I care. <laughs> um, all right. All right. We've reached the end of our time. 
Thank you all so much for hanging out with us this week. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Looking forward to a lot of football talk going forward. Uh, Probably not a lot of Raiders talk going forward because there's not going to be a lot of exciting things to talk about with them. But uh, probably heavy 49er talk, I imagine. Uh, nice. We didn't even get to the quarterback stuff that's going on there. Um, hey, I don't saw, even worry about it, brah. I saw a bold prediction on I don't remember what website, so I can't give them credit for it. But it was Sam Darnold beats the Jets in the Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome, though. It would be a great story. It would be a great story. Um. But looking forward to a lot of NFL uh, talk going forward. Uh, I want to, Sam, if you're down for this, I want to try to do some sort of like, like we got to try to do maybe like our own like two-man fantasy draft or something. Like we got to do, like we do our picks every year, but we got to do something. We got to do something else. Maybe like you and I place a $1 bet each week and see if, any, if either of us have broken even by the end of the season or something like that. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> something like that. Just $1 and see if anybody makes money by the um, end of the season. The tough part is we don't live – Either neither of us don't live in a state that allows for sports gambling. Yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But, like, maybe we could, like, do our, figure out a way to, to game in a little bit. Like, this is what we would have placed – and this is how much we would have won. <laughs> I would have lost all my money. But good thing I didn't get it. Right, 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 right. That could so. be like, I think that's even better than gambling. Yes, yes. Because then you could be like, oh my God, I just won a million dollars. Or, oh man, I just lost a million. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. No worries here. All right, we'll figure out we'll figure out something to spice it up uh, alongside the picks. So, again, thank yeah. you all so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, we will see you all next week. And uh, yeah, bye. See you guys at the parade. Mm-hmm.